Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of Real Talk with Zuby is brought to you by our sponsors, OZ Lifestyle Brands. OZ Lifestyle Brands care a lot about the details. Their selection of men's accessories balance style with substance and quality and craftsmanship, showcasing both casual and classic designs. They also make shopping really easy for you. You can just go check out their website, ozlifestylebrands.com. They've got a fantastic selection of watches, wallets, t-shirts, and other accessories especially designed for men with ultra-discerning tastes. OZ is for men who have found their calling but don't feel the need to shout about it. So I recommend you go check out their full range of products over at ozlifestylebrands.com. To let them know that I sent you and to get 20% off your entire first order, just use the code ZUBYMUSIC at checkout. That is ZUBYMUSIC, Z-U-B-Y MUSIC at checkout to get 20% off your entire order at ozlifestylebrands.com. ozlifestylebrands.com, go check them out. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we've got a coach and creative entrepreneur. I'd like to welcome to the show, Justin C. Scott. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on with you today. You're very welcome, dude. So why don't you introduce yourself to the people and those who don't know you? So like you said, I am a coach, creative entrepreneur, currently have the ability, the blessing to live in a time where mass connectivity is at its height and currently just reaching higher and higher and higher highs. Um, and it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to, to live in a world where we get to, to connect with each other, share with each other, um, produce a message that we can believe in, uh, help the lives of other people, allow other people to help our lives. Um, so I'm just really enjoying the process and really enjoying the journey of it all, you know? That's awesome, man. So I always say when it comes to social media and the internet and all that, it's just a tool, right? We can use these tools for good. And uh, a lot of people don't use them for good. No, so um, <laughs> so uh, what's the message that you're trying to put out there to people? If you had to say your sort of primary message that you want to put out there, what is it? Absolutely. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you could probably agree with what I'm about to say, but I am in the full belief that you as an individual have all of the capability and all of the power to manifest your life in the exact way that you see for yourself as it pertains to who you are as an individual and the circumstances that you experience. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you can control everything that happens to you, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is always going to be good, mm -hmm. but it does mean that the way that you respond to any given circumstance or situation is ultimately up to you. And the way you handle any given circumstance or situation is ultimately up to you because we all have failures, but not all of us have lessons. And I think it's so key to know the difference between those two things mm -hmm. so that you can live from a higher space as an individual, which allows you to live a more fulfilled, complete life as you move and navigate through the world. Firstly, I agree with that completely. I'm a, I'm a big captain of your own ship kind of guy. And, something, uh, something told me you might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not someone who's uh, big on excuses in anything. Or if you're going to make them, at least own up to them and be like, okay, this is just an excuse, right? Absolutely. Rather, you know, like as exactly like you said, we can't control all of our outcomes and everything that happens to us, but the way you deal with it, the way you respond to it, that's completely up to you. And I also think for most people anyway, you know, barring any some catastrophic incident, I think in the long term, I do believe your outcome is also up to you especially assuming you live in like the Western world, you live in a country that's got freedom, that's got opportunities. I do believe, yeah, of course, for some people, things are going to be easier. For some people, things are going to be harder. But given a 10, 20, 30, 40 year period, no matter where you started from, give someone 40 years, if you're still making excuses and just not getting stuff done, then as far as I'm concerned, that's a choice. You know, that, that's on you. You know, yep. that's on you. Um, so why do you think so many people are resistant to taking personal responsibility? I mean, the answer, the answer might be kind of obvious cause it's easy, but where do you think that kind of stems from? Why do you think that seems to be so predominant in current modern culture? Sure. Um, well, like you said, the answer is easy and it really just does boil down to the simple fact that it is hard to take personal responsibility. It's not an easy thing to do. We want like we as human beings often want to move through the path of least resistance. And sometimes the path of least resistance is to remove blame from ourselves. Mm. Right. And to remove responsibility from ourselves. Oldest and story in the book, literally. Exactly. Well, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And, but it's like it, we, we do so as almost a defense mechanism, right? Because we don't have to face whatever it is that we know we need to face mm. when we remove ourselves from the equation and we begin to blame external circumstances. Like it was so-and-so that led me to experience this, or it was, this happening that is causing these events and these issues in my life, right? And I think it is almost relative to like the idea of instant gratification, right? Like when we do things that are instantly gratifying, they feel good in the moment, but they're oftentimes detrimental to us in the long run, right? And the same thing, avoiding blame and avoiding responsibility is easy in the moment, but it causes more and more hardship for us the more and more we do it. Um, as far as why in the modern age, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there is one like catch-all answer because I notice both sides of the spectrum. I guess you could say mm -hmm. because on one hand, you know, you see, and like you, you brought up, you mentioned like the use of social media, right? On one hand, you have a lot of people who utilize it to live in a very negative bubble of of the world, right? They they use it to see everything that's going on that's wrong. In the world, they use it to to see information that is going to create for them a, a skewed perception that is only going to serve to to limit them and hold them back. Or on the flip side, uh, where I'm 
where like someone like you and I may utilize the same tools to create a bubble for ourselves that is more positive. And I say that because I think it's important to admit that we all do live in a bubble of some degree, Mm -hmm. right? But the way in which you consume information and what you put in front of your awareness has a, has a, has a lot to do with the way that you navigate your life. You know, so if you're putting in front of your awareness, positive affirmation, positive action, self-accountability, self-responsibility, people who live by this, people who move through this, people who have success in their lives, whether it be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, or all five of these of these different uh, areas of success, you begin to internalize those lessons. You begin to internalize the way those people live, and you can create for yourself a, a perception that allows you to navigate more fully and from a deeper place of self awareness, which I think is ultimately the key. You know, deciding who you are as a person in relation to everything else, so that you can make life happen for you rather than life happening to you. Got it. Awesome, man. That's a lot of wisdom right there, bro. So you're, you look like you're a a pretty young dude, man. So where's all this, uh, where's all this wisdom come from? I'm glad you asked, man. Cause, uh, sharing my story and sharing my background and like how, how I kind of came to the place that I am and moving towards what I'm moving towards, um, has been, I don't want to say difficult for me, but kind of odd for me in a way, and I'll explain why in a moment, but I'm getting far more comfortable with accepting that as my journey and like why I do what I do, right? Mm. Now, the reason that I say that is because a lot of people I find who do the type of work that I do come from hardship, right? They come from backgrounds that were not kind to them. They come from circumstances that by all means should have beat them down and that they should not have been able to overcome. And I am not one of those cases. Uh, I'm very fortunate in my background. I'm very blessed in my background. I come from a family that is very much together. Parents that are still very much in love with each other uh, have always been open accepting to who I am and who I want to be and what I want to pursue, like have always believed in me and been behind me 110%. I came up upper middle class, so I never really wanted for anything. I never I never had like a, a huge degree of struggle and hardship in my life mm-hmm. to the degree that I know many people in, in my field have had to go through in their lives. And so the reason that I do what I do is because for me personally, I feel like my greatest sin would be to waste the gifts that I have been given by no merit of my own, just by circumstance, right? And to not utilize them to help improve the lives of those who can't say the same, who can't say they have had the opportunity and the blessing to be as fortunate as I myself have been. Mm. And I, and that is, that is the biggest driving force towards what it is that I'm doing is I want to help people understand that they can achieve a level of self-fulfillment and clarity and purpose in their lives, regardless of the circumstances they've come from, because the power is not so much external, it's internal, right? It's completely inside of you. And that I would argue that those who have gone through hardship and surmounted it have a power that most people don't, that I don't have, Mm -hmm. right? Because I never had to go through that level of, of challenge. 
right? Not saying I haven't had hardship, not saying I haven't had challenge, but I think there's varying degrees of it, right? And there's yeah. different ways it shows up in people's lives. But for those who go through extreme challenge and come out on top, they have a gift because they can relate to those who are currently going through it and help to save them, pull them from what it is they're experiencing by being a living embodiment, a living example yeah. of what we as humans can do and how we can achieve greater heights despite what may come to try and stop us. I got that, man. Yeah, no, that's um that that's cool, man. That's that's very noble. I mean, when you were saying that, I think one thing that kind of struck me as I don't know, maybe maybe kind of sad in a way, is that I almost feel like we're living in a time where there are so many, I don't know, broken families and stories of hardship and whatever that when someone hasn't come from that background, it almost sounds like sometimes some people feel like they almost need to like apologize for it. You you, you kind of know what I mean? It's like absolutely you, everybody almost wants to hear this like horrible story of like, man, like, you know, like this happened and that happened. And, you know, it, it's almost like, I don't know. I, I think it's just weird that we live in a time where that's almost the I almost feel like it's it's almost the expectation in a yep. way. It's like, oh no, like oh no, my my parents are still together. Like, our family gets on well. Like, no, all's good. And people are almost like, oh, that's strange. Maybe it is. It kind of shouldn't be. Right. Well, and like I said, you know, I'm like that's exactly why it always felt kind of weird for me to to share that as my background because exactly like you said, it's almost become the expectation for people of any kind of credibility or authority or like expertise to have come from some like level and degree of, of advanced hardship or like having to overcome some almost impossible odds or challenge, which is, you know, we like that as a story, it you know, is, there, yeah. and there's reasons we like that as a story, but that isn't always the case. And I also don't just, that doesn't downplay the, the value and the potential gift that you have to give to the world. Cause everybody has, advantages and disadvantages and i think part of self-awareness is recognizing what those advantages and those disadvantages are and how you can really capitalize on those advantages and mitigate on those disadvantages right but i think it all comes down to to gratitude for what you have and what you're working to achieve and just acceptance of what you don't have and what you may have had to gone through yeah so where so how did you get into all this i mean what inspired the way you think and what you do, because it's not, it's not a typical path. You know what sure. I mean? It's not, a, sure. it's not a standard path. Was there something that, I don't know, was there an individual or a book that you read or a video you watched or something that kind of sparked that fire? Like, you know what, I've got this within me. I've got these ideas. I mean, where did those ideas come from? Maybe that's another question, but what is it that made you want to go out there and make a positive impact on people's lives in a direct way in which you do? Absolutely. So, uh, the deeper I get into this, the more I realize I've kind of, I've kind of just been this way for, for as long as I can remember, you know, I've always been very mm, introspective and, and I would always kind of present to myself questions of reality. I very, I remember very clearly being in, you know, like second grade and trying to have conversations with my friend about like, you know, God and being like, well, how, like, how old is God and how big is God? And if God made us, like who made God? And they'd be like, dude, I'm just trying to swing. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what you're trying to say, but like, that's real. You know, that's, that's just how I don't, I've always kind of been. And so like, 
for me, I've always kind of, I've always just kind of naturally been geared towards this sort of realm. And I'm glad to know that about myself. And then as far as like helping people, it's again, it's just something that I've kind of just done. You know, whenever, when I was younger, I would always be the one to give advice. You know, whenever my friends were coming, like any of my friends ever had any problems or anyone in my family even was like, you know, having issues, I would always be the one to console and talk and reflect with them. Like, or, you know, say like my mom and my dad were fighting because even though, you know, the family's great and they're in love, not to say that they didn't have their issues, uh, I would sometimes end up being like just mediator. You know, I would like talk to him and figure out where he's coming from and then go talk to her and express that to her and then figure out where she's coming from and go back and kind of help them like resolve whatever kind of issue they were having when they weren't really in a space to be able to talk to each other. And they didn't impose that on me in any means. It's just kind of the role that I naturally filled, yeah. right? And then beyond that, it's it's all relative to what I found that was I was consuming and was bettering my life. You know, it's like the type of content that I would bring into my awareness and the types of, of videos and books uh, and and things that were were kind of shaping my worldview and the way that I saw the world. And I thought to myself, like, this is the type of content that I want to put out into the world. This is the type of thing that I want to do. So I would start listening, uh, you know, as I got older to people like Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar, um, you know, some more modern names out there like uh, Stephen James uh, or like Preston Smiles, you know, like these kinds of people who, who fundamentally seem to understand that we as human beings are all connected. There's no denying that fact. And we all get to experience ourselves as individuals. So how can we show up for ourselves and everybody else in a way that is not only fulfilling on a personal level, but beneficial on a, a communal level, on a societal level, right? And that's something about that that really, that really resonates and speaks to me deeply. Mm. And for me, it's more a matter of I couldn't really imagine myself doing anything else. Right. Gotcha. And it's like when I started, you know, the personal brand and, and, and my business and, and really kind of putting the content out into the world, I kind of had to navigate what that looked like for me. And, you know, it varied and it changed and it evolved. But now I feel like I've really solidified and kind of found what I know I could be happy doing for the better part of, you know, three, four, five plus decades, pretty much the rest of my life. Yeah. And I would never get tired of it. I would never get I would never feel unfulfilled. Buy it, and I think that's the most important thing because I'm not necessarily always happy doing it. You know, there's mm -hmm. times where I'm like, "Damn, I don't want to do this today," or I'll wake up and I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to do X, Y, Z," but I'm fulfilled by it. And so for me, it's like the driving force isn't the pursuit of happiness, which I think is a mistake that many people make. It's is the pursuit of what makes me feel more complete as an individual, and what makes me feel like I'm expressing my highest personal. Mm, I guess innate gifts and innate abilities. I get you, man. I can relate. I can relate to that one hundred percent. I mean, as a musician, it's pretty much a parallel for me. With so much stuff I do, it's literally the thing that keeps me motivated. The thing that keeps me going. Um, I was just telling you before we started recording. Yeah, you know, my goal is to have a positive impact on over ten million people. It used to be a million, and then I read the. 10x rule by Grant Cardone and that messed it up and I had to go for 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and I don't see any reason why I can't do that. I mean, earlier this year, I've, I, I mean, I've now got 120,000 followers on social media and I'm thinking, man, a million is less, less than 10 times that. Right. Well, and you're then, a young cat too. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, I'm like, wow, if I can do that times a hundred and you know how the internet scales, 
you know, I haven't got the magic bullet yet or anything, but I'm like, hmm, okay, this is this is very feasible now. This is very feasible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the best thing. I think, I think any work, any job, I mean, one, of course, if you're, it aligns with what you want to do and it aligns with your personality and what you're good at. And then on top of that, if you can know that you're having a positive impact on people, then like, I think that's completely what drives fulfillment. I think a lot of people feel discontent, don't feel happy in their work or other things because they don't really see how it, how it helps anybody. You know, I think, you know, most people's jobs help people in some way. Some of them are very direct, some of them are indirect, but I think if it's too indirect, if you're kind of in an office and you're just, I don't know, you're doing some stuff with like documents or in Excel or whatever, it can be very hard to understand how like, like you're getting paid, but you're kind of like, well, what is this helping anybody? Right. I think it's not as direct, you know, it's not like you and I get messages that are like, you know, your perspective or this piece of content or this like X, whatever it might be really impacted me, helped me, made me feel better. And it's like, it is, it's hard when it's less, when it's less direct, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That being said though, like coming back to kind of the social media thing, I think, I think it's, I think it's important. We recognize the responsibility we almost have because of these platforms. Mm. And it seems to me that there's more of a, a open dialogue around exactly this subject as far as like fulfillment and success goes you know because up until i would say almost almost the last decade if that success was especially in the west was very you know clearly defined by materialism and financial well-being and and those things are fine you know there's nothing inherently wrong with those things but i think a lot of of people especially thought leaders and entrepreneurs and like people who are really after it are kind of opening up to this idea that like success is not a one size fits all thing and it has multiple facets. It isn't just how you, how much money you're making, you know, it's how is your how is your body doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you emotionally? How is your mental health? How is your spiritual connection whatever that might look like for you and to you? Those things are just as if not more important than what we have have built up to be like mm-hmm. the the kind of line, you know, the the defining print or the defining factor of what we've considered success up until this point. Yeah. I was going to say, um, relationships. That was one. Absolutely. Relationships. Yeah. yeah, Relationships, family, absolutely, all that. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've also noticed, and I'm, I'm noticing more and more as I get deeper into this, this side of the, of the, of the business is like relationships are everything, man. Like the connections we make with each other. And I think that society is beginning to just move closer and closer to that truth. It's ironic because like, we're, we're getting so advanced and so fast. And I have multiple moments almost daily where I'm like, I live in the future. You know, I live <laughs> in the future. Like you and I are, are on entirely different parts of the world. Well, I guess I wouldn't say entirely, but like talking in real time, face to face through a magic <laughs> mon- monolith, you know, it's like, it's un, it is mind blowing when you st- sit down to think about it. And it's just so it's just so like ingrained in every one of us because we use these devices and these tools every day. So it doesn't seem all that out there, you know, yeah. but because because of, of this this technology, it comes with a degree of power and, you know, power and responsibility is a wise Uncle Ben once said. He did indeed. Personal responsibility above all. So you mentioned a few names earlier, like uh, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, um, Stephen James and a few other people. Are there any other sort of major figures that have influenced you? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so outside of 
I mentioned those names because those are people I look to as far as like where I'm projecting for my own business. You know, those are people who have done it successfully, who have kind of found the balance of of reaching financial and location independence and freedom, which is obviously uh, a goal for most people kind of in this line of work and in this space, but being able to do it consciously and making service of others, their main mission, you know, but mm-hmm. like uh, beyond them, you know, I'm, I'm greatly influenced by like, um, like Alan Watts or okay. Terrence McKenna, like just some of these kind of philosophers who have, I want to say re like open the world up and allowed uh, more of an acceptance around certain uh, wisdoms and like insights and philosophies that have, I think, fallen to the wayside when it comes to history and now are kind of resurfacing. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I'm noticing a lot more like open discussion, for example, about like psychedelics, right? And like our relationship with with these these plants that coincidentally, and I know you're going to make this audio, but I'm air quoting for those that are <laughs> listening, uh, affect our consciousness in profound ways. And allow us insight and realization that I don't think we could otherwise have, or not necessarily that we couldn't otherwise have, but that we can almost like shortcut to through the use of like these substances. Right. And obviously you have to be responsible and respectful of what it is that you're taking into your body and why you're doing what you're doing with whatever substance you're, you're using. Right. That's, that's on the individual to choose. But I think there's a lot of deep insight and a lot of deep value to come from those kinds of experiences and then beyond just like the psychedelic realm um i think of like uh, uh ancient wisdom like uh hermeticism which i don't know if you're familiar with at all or like alchemy you know these kinds of um uh, philosophies and perspectives that seem to have been lost to history but have been so foundational to so much of what we have today when it comes to our religious beliefs, our philosophical beliefs, and even our scientific advancement is rooted in these like core principles and ideas and concepts that have once been forgotten, but have since been expanded on, right? And I think there's kind of this cyclical thing happening where we're coming back to a more connected sense of being as far as the world goes, as far as each other goes. And like I said, it's ironic because we live in a time of hyper communication and, and hyper awareness. But what I'm noticing, and again, this could be just like a side effect of my own personal bubble, right? Which I can't like diminish that, that fact. But what I seem to be noticing is that a greater sense of community and almost tribes are coming back into the fold, except it's just a digital landscape rather than a physical one, right? And instead of instead of working together for the sake of survival, we're working together for the sake of thriving because survival, especially in the West, is something we don't have to tackle anymore. You know, we have grocery stores that have, have lined shelves with food and water and everything we could possibly need. And yes, this may be a fragile system in some degrees, but it's currently the one that we have and currently the one that we've accepted and are living in. And because of that kind of freedom to have our base needs taken care of and not have to worry day to day if we're going to get eaten or killed or if we're going to go hungry or whatever, we have a lot more time and and kind of the privilege to be able to focus on on ideas and concepts far outside and beyond just based survival, right? Yeah. As far as like fulfillment. And I know I keep bringing like coming back to these topics, um, 
But I truly do think that that's kind of where the world is heading. And that's kind of the shift that I begin to see happening. It's more about like living life consciously and through, through a deep awareness with yourself and other people rather than trying to move through with blinders, which I think has been the case for, for a, a longer period of time, right? Mm. That, that's interesting because I see what you're saying. Although in some ways, I also feel the opposite is happening. Sure. I guess it kind of depends on where you look and what angle you look at it from. Like, of course. Yeah. There, there are lots of ways that I feel like, I feel like society is regressing <laughs> as in like, I feel, um, technologically and in terms of healthcare and science, obviously things are always progressing and advancing on that level. You mentioned more like the, the consciousness and the morality and the, I don't know, religious slash spiritual aspects and some of the other sort more tr traditional sort of ideas and values. I feel like certainly in the Western world, people are moving further and further away from them. I, I don't know. It's hard to gauge how much of each is going on. Like I, I it's weird. Like they they almost sound like opposites, but I kind of feel like both things are simultaneously true i don't know if you you kind of know I, what I, I mean. no i totally agree with you because yeah. everything casts a shadow right everything casts a shadow you can never have like when you have the technology to to mass connect through the internet you also have the technology to create atomic and nuclear weapons mm. right so it is kind of this this balance and i think this is is important because it's like if you only have all of the good that comes with something you fundamentally can't recognize the good of it because you have nothing to compare it to That's true. right and you have nothing to reference it but when you have that bad and that good in in i don't necessarily want to say equal measure but at least in in reflection of each other you know you can gauge kind of which direction you're going and then let me put a thought in your brain i'd, I'd love to know kind of your perception yeah, on this right statistically speaking this is the most peaceful time that humanity has ever has ever been in, right? Mm -hmm. We have less death, we have less sickness, disease, we have less starvation globally. Like this we this is the most fruitful, peaceful time again statistically that we have ever experienced. Yep. However, because of the internet and because of this hyperconnectivity and awareness, it almost seems like we're cleaning out all of the gutters, meaning that because of these tools we are now hyper aware of every little terrible thing that happens in the world. And because of that fact, it almost gives you the perception that we are regressing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a shooting can go down. And this is both beautiful, not the shooting itself, mind you, but like this is a both beautiful thing and, a, and almost a, a, a terrible thing that as soon as someone pulls that trigger, you get on Reddit and 15 minutes later, you get live updates of what's going on and how many casualties there are and how many injuries there are and, and what the circumstances are and what's going on with the shooter. It's like you are almost there mm. observing it as it unfolds. And again, this is a beautiful thing because this can make it kind of end it much quicker than it might otherwise end. And it can bring awareness to it in a way that it might not otherwise have been brought. But it also, again, makes us hyper aware of of the the things that are happening in the world that are are not so good. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think that's important, right? Because it's only through kind of that observation and cleaning out the gutter, so to speak, that we can kind of move beyond uh, the issues and the problems that that we're currently facing. And then I also I also think it's important to recognize that like you know people have been saying for 
since since the dawn of man that the world is going to end you know that, yeah, yeah. that we're this is it like we're we're, we're <laughs> totally gonna fuck it all up there's no way and yet here we still are yeah. and here we are still progressing and i think that just boils down to the fact that human beings are flawed fundamentally individually and so the society that we create as a collective is never going to be perfect no never never i mean i think that one of the big reasons i think that there's a bit of a, a lack of some of those things I was mentioning earlier is if I were to boil it down to one word or two, really, I always think it's a lack of two things, gratitude and perspective. So one thing I'm, I'm very grateful for is having grown up seeing multiple different cultures. So I lived in, I lived in the Middle East for 19 years. My family background is originally from Nigeria and, you know, cool. I've been over there many times, but then obviously I've, I've grown up in the UK. I've been to 30 something countries have spent time in been in the US, Canada, 20 different European countries. You know, I've been, I've been to a lot of different places. And I think a lot of the way I am, I think really just comes from perspective. So even when people are talking about, say, so I live in the UK, you're in the US. So when people start, for example, talking about some of the problems in the UK or in the USA, to me, I find like, my perspective on it always tends to be really different to someone who's really hasn't seen that much outside of that country. No, even not not out of any fault of their own, right? Like if sure. you if you're born in I don't know if you if you're born in California and you've always lived in California and you haven't left the USA and everything is kind of the that perspective. So if for example someone like that if they talk about poverty, they generally mean something quite different to what I mean. Okay. So I'd say like with the exception, you know, I mean, in, in the US, in the UK, like relative poverty is, is something that always exists. But in terms of like absolute poverty, with the exception of homelessness and a few other things, like when people talk about poverty in the UK, I'm, I always kind of not, not to be facetious, but I always kind of, I'm always kind of like, there is no poverty in the UK. It's with more ex- of an outlier with, than it is the common. Like, yeah, the yeah. With the exception of like homelessness, you know what I mean? Like no one is starving to death in this country. Right. Nobody, like nobody, nobody's starving to death. No, nobody's dying from not having clean water. Like when I think of like absolute real poverty, I'm thinking of like, you know, not being down on your luck and things being crap. I'm thinking like, no, like you're, you're going to die without intervention. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, there's people who are considered poor in the UK or in the USA, but they've got like, big TVs and they've got like a $800 mobile phone and right. they've got they, you know, they've got two cars and they're considered poor. And I'm like, that's not, po-. I'm like, I'm like, that's not poverty, right? You, yeah, you could be doing better. But to me, in my own definition, I'm like, no, that's not on a global definition. You're still in like the top 5%, right? 95% right. of people in the world would happily swap with you. Even if you in your own community or your own area, you might be like in the bottom 20%. It's like, you're still above all these people. So just that perspective and then, and then just gratitude, man, just being appreciative of what you do have, you know, I mean, we all know anytime you get sick, you appreciate health so much. You know, right. every, every time you like temporarily lose something that you're used to having, even your internet goes down for 20 minutes. You're like, man, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know you're, like, like it's weird. You just, I guess, what do they call it? Hedonic adaptation, just how human sure. beings just get used, just get used to anything. Right. You right. move into a mansion, and it would be like if, if someone moved you into a mansion tomorrow and you had like everything you wanted, it'll be awesome for like a couple months. And then this time next year, you'll just be used to it all. Sure. Uh, you'll just be completely used to it. You won't walk and in I, there and be like, wow. 
And I completely agree with you, man. I completely, I absolutely agree with you. And it's like, I will, I will take on full transparency here. And it's like, because of like our mission and, and, and the way that I think like we've structured our lives, there are consequences that come with that. You know, being an entrepreneur and being self-made is difficult in the sense that you don't get like predefined structure in the way that you get with like a job or, or, or like a, a career that you get hired on to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It also comes with many ups and downs. You know, sometimes it's really good months, months as far as like finance is concerned. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just really low months. And that's just kind of the way that it goes. Right. And it's like, I, I don't know. I'm sure that and I feel like this is just true for most people in their journey. It's just most like something most people don't like to to talk about. You like you've had that experience of dipping kind of into that poverty line and then going above it and then coming back down. And hopefully like it's a continuous rise, rise, rise. Right. But that being said, in my own experience, I've never once felt like my survival was threatened. You know, it's like, I've always, always had a home. I've always had a bed. I've always had food, water, and those things have never been like out of my reach in a way that it was threatening to my existence or my life. So I think it is absolutely relative. And I think it's a powerful perception to have because like you said, it comes down to gratitude. It allows you to be grateful even when, at least as far as kind of the society outside of you is concerned, there's no reason to be, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, what do you mean you're grateful? You're like struggling with that, this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, but at least I'm not dying. Yeah, yeah, you know? at, least I, literally. at least I can walk right over to my tap and like have clean, pure drinking water. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's that level of just absolute uh, thankfulness and appreciation for who you are and where you are and what you've been born into and the advantages that you have been given that allows you to, I don't want to necessarily say effortlessly move past those challenges, but just to recognize the challenges for what they are and not to make mountains out of molehills, so to speak. The unfortunate truth is there's there's people all over the world that have it a lot, a lot harder than you, and they don't have the same kind of opportunity to overcome and the same kind of freedom to overcome in the way that you do. So, and, and then this goes back to like kind of this, this degree of almost responsibility to to assist those people in getting out of that position and getting out of those circumstances because you know fundamentally how fortunate you are. And I think there's, I I just don't think there's anything more beautiful than wanting to share that fortune so that we might make the collective experience one that is more in line with what I would say maybe the West is experiencing Mm -hmm. as far as privilege and circumstance. Right. That's why I find some of the, um, some of the certain narratives, like especially that people push online, but even offline, that's why I I find them very annoying because yeah. I do, I just feel like it shows a lack of both of those things, lack of perspective and lack of gratitude. You know, someone will be making out like, you can go on certain people's Twitter, you know, anytime, most of the time if someone writes something interesting to me, whether it's positive or negative, I'll always, I'll tend to go on their profile and just get like Take a quick a little picture of who they, right? And you look at what some people are just spending their entire lives complaining about or yep. moaning. And I'm just like, seriously, if you think this is like the biggest issue out there or that your life is tough because of this thing, you do not have any perspective. You know, you, you just, you just don't, you know, and I'm nope. not, I'm not trying to be like mean or something. I know we all have our own individual things. Right. And it's right. You know, we're all self-centered to a degree to, whatever's going on in our lives or whatever's difficult in our lives, we kind of blow it up. But really when you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, when you zoom out, 
you're kind of like, man, my life is pretty freaking good. Like, you right. know, I, I cannot really, I cannot really complain about much stuff. Oh, cool. Like my legs worth. Oh, look, I've got both yeah. hands, not arms. You know what I mean? I'll go outside. I'll see, you know, someone, someone's in, even just, you know, someone in a wheelchair. Right. And even Absolutely. that, and even that person in a wheelchair might be super duper grateful because they've got, they've got all this other stuff. Right. But I'm right. like, man, like some people's legs don't work. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just mad. I'm, I'm, I'm like imagining I've done, I've done this exercise where I've sat there and I've just imagined like losing certain abilities, right? Like imagine, just close my eyes and just imagining being blind. Absolutely. And, I'm just, and then you're just like, wow, that's reality for millions of people, right? Some yep. people can't hear. Some people wouldn't be able to do what we're doing or if they're doing it, they'd have to use sign language because right. they can't hear. They can't hear music. I'm a musician. I'm like, man, if I couldn't hear. And then you, yeah, just with, with everything. And then like all these diseases people get, all these things that people go through. I'm just like, dude, I I really try not to complain a lot. Like, like I really try to like nip it in the bud when I catch myself Me complaining. Too, man. I really try to nip it in the bud because I'm just like, stuff is pretty flipping good. And I never right. want to, I never want to lose sight of that. Absolutely. And, and, and I also think like, you know, you bringing up like not complaining. Uh, I, I do the same, you know, like we're all guilty of it from time to time. Yeah, of course, of course. It can be just a natural response, but it's so important to make it a habit to express gratitude rather than complaint because affirmation is a powerful thing. The narrative that you tell yourself is almost, is almost always more responsible for the position you find yourself in and your perception and what you experience than any, any objective thing mm. is almost always, right? And so when we complain about things, when we focus our awareness, we channel our energy and our focus towards whatever it is that we perceive going wrong in our lives or that we don't have or that we lack, what do you think we bring into our experience? We bring more of what we don't have and what we lack simply because we're focusing on what we don't have and what we lack. And our mind can't really tell the difference. It's like you're saying this is what you don't want and yet you spend all of your time thinking about it. You spend all of your time worrying about it. So like your intention says one thing, but what you're actually doing, where you're actually committing your mental energy towards and your emotional energy towards says a whole other thing. And I think that that is, is something that if, if so many people would just accept their lives would do a complete 180. Yeah. Right. It's like gratitude is wanting what you have, not having what you want. Love it. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, literally, like just being appreciate, like looking at what you've already got, like internal, external relationships, whatever, and just being and being wanting that, like remembering how grateful you are for it, thinking of all the people in your life and thinking, oh, wow, I'm I'm glad that person's there. I'm glad that person's there. I'm glad I've got these hands and these limbs, you know, and then not being completely focused on like, <laughs> oh, I do want a Lambo, but I don't have a Lambo yet. Right. You know, like, right. oh, I want I want this. I want this shiny watch. I want this. But. No, oh, I don't have that yet. And some people are so focused on all the things they just don't have and the things sure. that they want. At half the time, it's just material junk. It's not. It's not something that they really need. need. It's just like, yeah. oh, like you know, I I just want I just want that pair of shoes. You know, you've right. already you've already got twelve pairs, but you just want those shoes, and it's like, okay, right. Uh, and 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 again, like. I think it's important to note that there's nothing inherently want, wrong with that, you know, because we all want, well, we all want nice things. Of, co of course. Nice things. I think it's where, I think it's more like where the focus is, right? I think, yes. I think, I think the average person spends more time about thinking about stuff that they want rather than being grateful or appreciative of the things they've already 
got and already achieved. Right. Um, or things they can create and things they can do. Yeah. Right. And I think, and I think that's the difference. It's like, it's the difference between making the stuff, the goal and having the stuff be a result of a consequence of the goal. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just even, even my process as an entrepreneur, I think integrating this kind of perception has made me even more efficient, you know, and because so, I would say only about like a year or two ago, I was so subscribed to like hustle culture, mm. you know, like, okay, if you're not working 12 hours every day, and if your eyes aren't bleeding and your fingers <laughs> aren't, aren't completely skinned by the time you're done, like you're not doing it right. But that isn't sustainable and that's not healthy. And it takes something that you love to do and burns you out so quick. It's like eating your favorite food. You know, it's yeah. like it's your favorite food, but if you eat too much of it and you gorge yourself for a whole week, like by the end of that week, you're gonna look at it and it's gonna want to make you vomit. Yeah. You know, because you've just you've just oversaturated yourself with it. But then, you know, another week or two passes and it's like, oh hey, that sounds pretty good again. But you've lost another week or two. So in my experience and what I've noticed that has really just like up to my whole process and benefited me so greatly is a, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if most people know this, but human beings can only really deeply focus and, and make proper decisions for about four hours. Like, and after that point you begin to, to experience diminishing returns, Mm -hmm. meaning that the next four hours is going to create half of the results or less than those first four hours did. So you're better off doing two to or doing like two two hour chunks or one four hour chunk of really deep focus committed work every day and then spending the rest of your time enjoying other aspects of your life that you want to cultivate and that you define success by. You know, it's like whether that be reading and journaling or taking a walk outside and appreciating nature or spending time with a loved one or even just decompressing with like a video game or whatever it might be that is is such a healthy way to go about life and in my experience my results have come faster and in greater impact mm-hmm. by doing things that way than rather just focusing on like this is what i have to do this is how i have to do it and i have to do it all day every day or i'm not doing enough yeah. right and you have those outliers you know those people who that's kind of just the way that they're wired i just think it's so incredibly important to appreciate other aspects of life because those other aspects of of life i think are what allow us to live our mission more fully mm. more consistently and more completely absolutely man i feel like with me i'm i i i have modes i i just i feel like where things are right now for me especially this year i kind of feel like okay i need to go like super ham like yeah yeah time. yeah like, like like go go like make sure i get certain things in position, get certain things in place so that later on down the line, this time next year, I can do what you are saying and be like, okay, cool. That's now in position. That's now in position. This podcast is now making money. The music is now doing, you know, like have these things in position. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like I can now just keep going. But the stuff I've already done over the past several years is now generating income and attention and all the other things that kind of feed into what I'm doing. So it's kind of, to me, it's like that upfront stuff. And then later on down the line, it's like, okay, cool. I know when my focus and my work is starting to kind of go to crap, in which case I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let me just uh, do this. Yeah. I'm just going to go outside and I'm just going to walk around for like an hour and 
Well, and also, like you said, there are modes. You know, there's periods of your life where you're more one thing than you are another thing, right? And there's periods of life where you're more in line with with this than you are with that. And and that's that's something I think it's important to recognize as far as like how we go through cycles. Because I don't know about you, but I experience kind of like almost this deja vu sensation through my cycles in the sense of like there are periods in my life that I can pinpoint like mentally as almost before and after moments. You know, it's like there are certain kind of kind of aspects of evolution and growth that I have tied to like a certain experience or a certain memory in my past where I'm like, okay, that was a defining moment for me. You know, I was like, I want to say 19 and, you know, my entire identity is wrapped up in the relationship and like everything that I am and like, oh my God, we're going to be in love forever. And, and it obviously didn't work out that way. And who am I outside of this, you know, really hit me. And that's what got me into to lifting. Like okay. really got me into lifting, you know, that's what, and then I did it in the beginning. It's just a means to channel my emotion. Cause I was just so angry and like felt lost all the time. And I felt like if I was just going to sit still, I was going to go crazy, you know? And my dad, uh, when he was younger back in his heyday, he was, you know, 19 inch arms, like big, big dude, you know, he yeah. was, he was all about the lifting. So I was like, maybe I'll try that. And now that is such a fundamental part of my life that I, I, I just could not picture myself or imagine myself like living optimally <laughs> without that, without that integrated. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I learned so much about like my own faults emotionally and mentally and like overcame so much just because of that one circumstance. And it's funny because it's like, despite all the pain and all the hardship, I would absolutely go through every single second of it again, if it meant that I could be where I am now. Awesome, man. Right. Awesome. And yeah. there's, there's other moments. But like, that's just the one that kind of just pops into my brain. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. First breakup. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> no. I, won't get, I won't get into that for me, man. That's like, that's more than half my life ago, though. <laughs> oh, wow, man. Damn. Yeah, man. Dude, dude, you've was... had some time to evolve and grow. And, yeah. And oh, dude. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dodged a bullet, to be fair, anyway. So. Yeah, man. Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I going to say, man? So, so let's talk a little bit about, about the future, man. Where do you... Um, sure. Where do you want to take things in the next three years, five years, ten years, twenty years? What's the what's the plan for Justin C. Scott? Absolutely, brother. So, uh, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier in in the podcast, like I feel like I very much solidified into into what I feel called to be doing, and what just just energizes me. And I think that is such an important thing. It's like if what you're doing isn't giving you energy. You know, if it, if it isn't literally giving you life, making you feel uplifted and, and just alive, you're not doing, you're not doing what you need to be doing. You're not mm -hmm. doing what is innately you, right? Like, yeah. just like these, these talks, like, like, uh, I'm fortunate to be able to say that I've been like, it seems that like more and more like podcast interviews are coming my way and like mm -hmm. invites and things are coming my way. And obviously you can say the same, uh, but it's like, it energizes me, you know, like having this conversation and discussing and just like these relationships and these connections, it just fuels me. Um, so obviously doing much more in alignment with that, right? And as far as like my business and my brand goes, um, definitely like more coaching. Uh, I, I, I want to get to a, a point where, where I'm able to just really, really lock in on just a few people and really help them out in their lives and then just mm -hmm. continuously do that. Um, public speaking is a really big thing for me because, uh, and I meant to mention this at some point, just never got the opportunity. Uh, in high school, I was on music, choir, okay. 
uh, show choir, all the talent shows I sing, I play guitar. So like the stage was almost my first love, you know, okay. like uh, I was fortunate enough when I was like in sixth grade to be the lead in my school's musical at the time. And I remember, I, I'll never forget this moment, you know, like I'm standing there behind the curtain, it's about to open. My legs are just like, you know, I'm about to fall <laughs> over. And then the curtains open and I see everybody and I just get this rush of just like euphoric, almost just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost orgasmic. Like, and I know that's kind of weird, but like, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Right. And like, it just flowed out of me, you know, the lines and the practice, it just, and I, I, I have never looked back. Like I've always loved the stage, uh, currently building out, uh, live workshops right now online, you know, that I'm selling spots to and tickets to, um, yep. going to be doing a lot more of those, uh, over the next year and the coming years. Um, on all kinds of, of different topics, and that gives people kind of a space where they can get a really deep dive into something that they might be struggling with, mm -hmm. uh, allows them a space where we can talk and have actual discourse, you know, between us about, about what's going on and where they're personally hitting kind of snags. Um, obviously, the content creation, you know, more video, more writing, just because I love to, to create. Um, and just kind of evolving, evolving that. And the ultimate goal I would say is to have so much opportunity kind of coming to me because of the, the work that I've done that I have to say no to more than I have to say yes to. Right. Gotcha. And that's, that's the position that I'm trying to build myself up to be in because that's that freedom that, that it's really all about, you know, that, that financial independence and location independence is something that is so talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's so true, but I think something that needs to be discussed more is opportunity optionality, you know, and having just as, as so much opportunity because of what you have done and what you've put out into the world that you get to kind of almost pick and choose where you go and what you do because you have that freedom rather than just taking the scraps that come your way. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's, that's dope, man. That's dope, man. And, uh, dude, you'll, you'll, you'll get there, man. You'll get there. Oh, man. I, no I mean, doubt, it's, man. it's, Everything, as you know, needless to say to you, you know, I mean, it's so much stuff. Just it, it's all mindset, man. Everything is mindset, and then just execution. And then once you're executing on the right thing, just keep going. Just be consistent. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I, I don't believe that anyone who's really got the right mindset, you know, even if the first thing doesn't work perfectly, as long as they don't stop, even off Twitter, like Twitter doesn't give like a real perception. But sure. I feel like just off Twitter, just in, engaging with people, it's like I can tell who's going to be successful and who won't. You can see people's mindsets just through the words and through what it is. And there's certain people I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I don't know through what medium or what, but like in 10 to 20 years, this person here is going to be like crushed, like completely right, crushing it, right? It. And there's other that. people I'm like, no, this person's not like, you know, like yeah, the, you, the mindset's just broken unless they but, switch it up. Yeah. And I also think it's just like, it's changing your perception and looking at things as like, you know, seeds in a garden, you know, it's like the, this podcast or that piece of content or that piece of music or whatever it is that I put out in the world today, that's mm -hmm. a seed. And yep. that might not reap fruit for a year or two years, but at some point it is going to reap fruit. And I think like that kind of understanding that patience coupled with that persistence, that's the formula, you know? And like you said, it all comes down to mindset. It all comes down to, it all comes down to the story you tell yourself, your belief, and also like your will, right? And like w defining, I think, this is the reality that I'm going to experience. This is the person that I'm going to be. I'm going to work every day to make sure that, that those two things come into fruition. And I won't stop until they do. Yeah. And like you said, under, the, under, under a long enough time frame, the likelihood that that won't happen 
mm-hmm. gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's virtually non-existent. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Here's a question. So if there's something that you could just, whoever might be listening to this right now, if there's something that you can tell them, you know, maybe something that just to give them a little bit of perspective or some motivation or whatever it is might that might be, what Absolutely. is it you'd want to tell them? I, I love getting asked this question uh, at the end of the at the end of the interviews because my answer is always the same: is that okay, you are a creator fundamentally now and always, and whether you realize it or not, consciously or unconsciously, you are constantly in mode of creation. Here's how I kind of relate it: uh, regardless of if you're religious or not, right? We've all heard man is made in the image and likeness of God, right? Mm-hmm. Again, regardless of what you believe. It's not so much that, that God or that creative force or energy or whatever you want to call it looks like a man and that we also look like a man. It's that it is a creative energy, a creative force, and we are a byproduct of that. And because of that fact, we are at our core creating always ourselves, the way that we experience our lives, the way that we interact with other human beings, the positions that we find ourselves in, manifestations of our own creation, you know? And again, like this isn't to say that you're causing terrible things to happen to you or that you can always control your circumstances, but creation, creation, you are always, always creating and you are fundamentally a creator. And when you begin to consciously interpret this and in- internalize it and make it part of your mer- your narrative and part of your belief, that's the switch. That's what allows you to begin to consciously move through your life and navigate your sails through these waters rather than unconsciously and kind of going with the flow wherever it takes you. Brilliant. Thanks, brother. <laughs> awesome, man. Justin C. Scott, thank you so much for joining Real Talk with Zuby. We will definitely I, talk again. I appreciate you having me on, my brother. This was very, very enjoyable. Awesome, man. No doubt. Have an awesome day, and we will talk soon. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.